The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Wednesday, July 26, 2023. This is On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. He is Carter Bird. I'm Jacob Goins with you on ESPN 106.7 for the next two hours. A big day for Auburn football. Big day for Auburn football recruiting. Uh, today is the commitment day of DeMarcus. Riddick will he flip from the dogs will he go to Tuscaloosa will he come to Auburn we'll find out in just about two hours from now Uh, so uh, we can preview it and then as it happens the drive guys will talk about it then we will talk about it of course tomorrow uh, so a huge day uh, for Auburn. We we talked a lot yesterday about uh, just how big this commitment is. If Auburn is successful in getting Demarcus Riddick to commit to the Tigers, we talked a lot about that yesterday with Christian Clemente. Uh, we talked about it uh, with Daryl Dapperich yesterday as well. And so today's a big day for for Auburn football and what could be a huge next couple of weeks. Carter, happy Wednesday, brother. Hope you're doing well. Man, it's great to be here. It's it's hot outside, man. Yeah, it really I is. Know. Man, I was uh, looking at the calendar. Can you believe that it's already July 26th? Like, where in the world has this summer gone? July's gone by very fast. Yes, it has. It feels like just the other day it was July 4th. And so yeah, that's just, literally. It's just been lightning to watch this month pass. Maybe... Uh, Maybe uh, when we when we had Graham here, it felt like time slowed down a little bit. Holy smokes! I, yeah, that that's crazy. The summer has flown by. That seems like that was forever ago when Graham was here. Uh, yeah. It was living with us and living with me and interning for us and and working here like. That seems like forever ago, but yet here we are at the nearing the end of July, and again, it's a time where Auburn fans are excited, as they should be. I think they're going to get some really good news over the next couple of weeks, and so we'll talk about that later on today. Again, get you ready and lead you right into the commitment of Demarcus Riddick, whether he flips from Georgia going to Alabama or to Auburn. Uh, Bill and Dan will be able to talk about that live as it happens here on their show. So uh, excited for today, uh, excited for the rest of the week. But we are uh, 38 days away from the start of Auburn football, and what a great way to start off today if Demarcus Riddick were to commit. So We'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit. Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 will join us, our usual Wednesday guest. Uh, no Austin Hannon today, unable to join us, and so we'll pick back up with him next week. Uh, Want to talk a little college basketball, too. I feel like we're getting lost in there as we're, uh, I think, 104 days from Auburn basketball getting started. So want to kind of talk some, some basketball yeah. for a little bit, kind of get that 
keep that in on the back burner, right? Want to make sure that stays warm as we get closer and closer to the basketball season as well. So should be a great show. Phone lines are open. 334-321-1390. That number again, 334-321-1390. And Carter, I want to start today with the with the news of Vanderbilt football and the announcement that they made earlier today or maybe a couple of days ago they announced their homecoming game this season of course every team has a homecoming game and somewhere in their football schedule and they just so happened to make their homecoming game when the Auburn Tigers come to town and make a trip up to Nashville yeah why in the world would you do that if you're Vanderbilt I don't know well I guess if you wanted, to, when I look at their schedule, I mean it's it's a joke because like they're not going to win their homecoming game, and I hate when teams do that when they schedule teams that are clearly more talented and better uh, that they're going to lose to in a homecoming game. Uh, it's a great way if you feel you're better than like a rival to mess with them, though. Uh, that's always funny. When I'm that okay with the rivals sometimes, but, but Auburn I, Vanderbilt's not a rivalry. No, 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 no. I know. I I agree. I think this has to do with the way that their schedule kind of plays out. Because when you look at home games, like if you want your homecoming to be later in the year, you look at their schedule, their home games, August 26th against Hawaii, September 2nd against Alabama A&M, September 23rd against Kentucky. And I think most people right now think Kentucky's going to be better than Auburn. Missouri, September 30th. That's probably your only other shot for this game. Mm-hmm. And maybe they just are, are deciding, you know, September is too early for our homecoming. After that, man, it's Georgia or Auburn. So... Yeah, and I feel like <laughs> I feel like if you're Vanderbilt, you just don't have very many options um, to, to make your homecoming game. But at that point, just... Make it earlier in the year. I mean, we've seen homecomings in September, right? I mean, yeah, Auburn, I mean, Auburn, Auburn does that. Auburn doesn't care about where where right. they put it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, how much does it really matter? I mean, whatever. But you it's typically, weird. it's always weird when you've got the homecoming uh, queen campaign at Auburn on like the second week of class. Yes. And it's like, oh my goodness. Yes. What is going on? On this the is Haley, entirely too soon. On the Haley concourse. Have you voted? Have you voted? Have you voted today for homecoming? And that's where everybody, no offense, but that's where everybody on campus, you walk through extra buildings and you take certain paths to go around that and you wear sunglasses and headphones, (laughs) which basically says, don't talk to me. That's how that always went down on campus. Yeah, I had to help campaign a couple uh, different things in in my college days. Couldn't be me. Missed me with that. I was not a part of that. I had nothing to do with that. Didn't want anything to do with that. But typically with a homecoming game, the team tries to schedule a game you're supposed to win that way you don't spoil your homecoming because that's a big thing for some schools to come and spoil a homecoming and uh, I just thought it was interesting I saw Auburn fans were uh, were kind of talking about it on social media and wanted to uh, wanted to at least shout out Vanderbilt for scheduling Auburn for their homecoming game I like Vanderbilt I think they're going to a bowl game I don't think they beat Auburn when the Tigers make a trip to Nashville but never know you never know and they scheduled Auburn for their homecoming game so I definitely wanted to shout that out Uh, Carter you had an idea and I'm I'm about it and I want to I want to go through this 
as we get into the show here, you had talked about making a top five for us on non-conference opponents we want to see Auburn football play in recent, like in the next five to ten years, right? Okay. Yeah. And we were kind of talking before the show on how we wanted to do this. We'll say in it's it has to be a team that Auburn hasn't played in recent memory. Like yep. in, in the recent, I don't know, 20 years maybe 30 years if you want to go back that far um so well i i'm being a little more relative and like i have a couple that auburn has played that i for varying reasons want to see them strap it back up and Mm -hmm. and and run it back yeah 100 100 percent. and so uh we're, we're gonna do that we'll do that this segment in the next segment talking uh, again making a top five of non-conference opponents we want to see auburn football play in the next 10 years or so and if you have an answer and you want to talk about it give us your picks we'd love to hear from you our listeners 334-321-1390 uh looking through uh or mostly power five if you want to go group of five you can um i'm probably not going to go group of five but if you have one uh there there you go fantastic um there's some group of fives that are now becoming power five so you got to think about that way as well and so uh we'll go back and forth i think we're going to do some sort of a uh of a uh, snake draft or, or something like that to where we'll pick and so that way we have completely different lists of how we're going to do this. Um, and if you want to tweet at us on Twitter uh, at ESPN1067 or at me or at Carter uh, on Twitter, you can do that or give us a call at 334-321-1390. So uh, let's see what Shane has to say and then uh, you and I can start making our picks. So Shane, you're on the line, man. What's up? Hey guys, how are y'all today? Doing good, right, man. Shane, how are you? Uh, I'm I'm great. A couple things. Um, I'm trying not to get super excited about about um, Riddick this afternoon, but why? Man, if, if tell he, tell if me he, why. Because I'm, I'm because I've seen it happen before, Ex- and they don't pick over. Fair. So, Shane, so like, Shane says, expect disappointment, and you'll never be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Exactly. I no I, no I, no. I, I get I'm, it. I'm gonna be so I'm gonna be so excited if he does choose Auburn, and then I'm thinking just this first dude. Okay, so. So after this dude, then I can I can let my guard down and I can I can I can be more hopeful for future you know five stars or or, or important players that we're pick that we're battling versus the big guys you know I can get more excited and more hopeful about us pulling them in if I can see this first one right here uh, and it's, it's that's just that's completely my 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 thoughts and you know I'm I respect other people's optimisms yeah if, if they, they you know but. My counterpoint, Shane, would be Hugh Freeze has never been on Auburn's campus before. For one, hey man, I, 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 I'm super. I'm pumped. I'm not. I'm not like like. I'm excited. Yes. I just. I. Mm-hmm. I'm wary, man. I've seen it happen like like a couple of times. Which is fair. Where, hey, like, yeah. If he could land so, these so, kind of guys at Ole Miss, he can 100 percent do it at Auburn. Oh, I know he can. I know he can do it. Yeah. It's just like. What was that self pitch to this this kid? It, it, I've seen it where it, where uh, he's picking Auburn. He's picking Auburn. He picked Alabama. You yeah. know, I, I, I've I seen mean, that and, and it times. and it could happen. It absolutely could happen, and that's why we got to wait until four o'clock today and see what he says. Yeah, exactly. So, so that that's my thing on that. I'm I'm super excited. And if he gets it, if we get if we get him, then I think the sky's the limit for uh, for uh, for Hugh Freeze. No and, doubt. And the other guys better be watching out. So. Uh, if if we get that, then 
the recruiting's headed in the right direction. I just want to throw a couple of teams that I'd like to see in the future. Okay. Um, but 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 this is the future once we get things settled and we're we're we can compete with people. And that would be uh, to me. I, I I'd like to see a home and away with Michigan. Um, and I've always wanted to to to. to Notre Dame to come to all to Jordan here. Okay, that's just me. Okay, I like those. okay. Uh, Michigan and Notre Dame. Okay. In, in the future, maybe I know Notre Dame's maybe not the the best teams, but like historically, I, I grew up kind of cheering for them. I'm Irish, so I kind of you know uh, I don't know. I always pulled for Notre Dame, so it would be kind of cool to see them come here, and I, I I would love to be able to go to that game. Yeah. So okay. Agreed, guys. Yeah, appreciate appreciate the call, Shane. 334-321-1390. Michigan and Notre Dame, uh, two two big-name programs uh, that Shane would like to see uh, Auburn play in the near future. Also wanted to note, uh, a listener of ours, Greg, he tweeted at me. He said, Auburn had to be the choice for Vanderbilt's homecoming in honor of Elijah McAllister. <laughs> Fair. So, I mean, maybe they're just respecting the uh, the future doctor and, and probably the sharpest guy on the planet. Maybe that's what Vanderbilt's doing is just honoring Elijah McAllister over homecoming. All right. So you want to you wanna dive into our draft, start it up? Let's take an early break, and then we okay. can come back and have the big segment to do it before we get Jordan on. I, I pulled up a heads or tails, or a, a coin flip generator okay. to determine first pick. <laughs> so right. that, is, that is coming after the break. Wow, what a tease. What a tease <laughs> as we come back. We'll talk about our future uh, top five non-conference teams we'd like to see Auburn play. ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. All right, let's get to the phone lines quickly before we start making a top five. And we may have to do this throughout the show, and that's totally fine. We love hearing from our listeners. 334-321-1390. Terry, you're on the line, man. What you got? Hey, guys. Selfishly speaking, I would say Georgia Tech. Now, I know that's not ah, the, there the, you go. That's but a good I just one. Like to, I just like to have them in front because I like to beat the snot out of them just once. I still <laughs> ir- it still irks me that we lost them eggheads in, was it 02 or 03 or something? I can't remember. Because I think it was that, that later just, than that, wasn't it? It was 02 or 03, something like that. They didn't lose them in 04. I'd love to play them in 04. Auburn would have beat the snot out of them. Yeah, it, it's crazy, Terry, because Georgia Tech has just not been it, it, in our it lifetime. Was, I think it was 03 because Auburn – Got shut out mm-hmm. against USC, then didn't score in score a touchdown in week two either. Yeah, yeah, they went the first two games without scoring touchdowns. I remember that because uh, the late Rod Brown was taking over for the late Jim Fife. Yeah, couldn't mutter under the phrase touchdown Auburn for two weeks. Yep, yeah, yep. I from my time working at the Auburn Sports Network, that was something that uh, sto- a story that I had heard was about like the. Almost like the weight off his shoulders when he finally, in week three against Vanderbilt, was able to right. to call a touchdown. And Vanderbilt's known as being a school with a bunch of very really intelligent. And scheduling for Auburn isn't real smart mm, for homecoming, I, especially that late in the year where I think I Auburn could be coming back off of a a rough three game stretch there in the season. I think Auburn could be figuring things out when they go to Nashville, and that game 
That game could be a real big one for Auburn. Terry, Auburn not only lost to Georgia Tech in 2003, they lost to Georgia Tech in 2005. Yeah. In the opener. So two-game winning streak at least for Georgia Tech. That's right. I do remember now, Carter, because I remember I wanted them in 04. It was, it was skipped a year. It was a Georgia Tech and it was Auburn, Auburn and Georgia Tech. I can't remember. That's one but of the I, – I, I, really, I feel like in my lifetime, that's one of the few openers that Auburn has lost. Like, I, that, Am I wrong to say that Auburn's opening day record is pretty solid in the last 20 years? Yeah, I'd say. I think mm-hmm. so. As far as opponents, it means something. I think Ohio State. Quite honestly, I, I just think that I know. I know it's a tough draw. I know, but for recruiting more than anything. Well, stay tuned, I mean, Terry. They may or may not be on my list if Carter lets me draft them or not. Well, I've so, got I've got a couple others on, on on my list that that I'm gonna I'm gonna hit for sure. And maybe selfishly, also Miami. I'd like to see them play Miami because um, I, haven't, I haven't seen Miami in a long time. I think Auburn could thumb Miami pretty good, quite honestly. Well, you know, uh, Miami is on the schedule for Auburn in 2029 on the road at Miami, and then Miami mm-hmm. will come to Jordan-Hare Stadium in 2030. So it's a while from now, but they are on the schedule. Terry, uh, Jack just texted Jacob and me uh, and mm-hmm. said that the other openers that uh, Auburn has lost recently were the yeah. Clemson games in 12 and 16. Wasn't that where Gus played every quarterback in the stadium? <laughs> that was in 16, yes. That was 2016. Against Deshaun Watson and a room full of NFL wide receivers, that Auburn defense held them to 19 points, and Auburn lost 19-13 to 13 in that game. Heck, in 2012, they hung with Clemson. Yeah. They lost 26-19. to 19. And they weren't that good either. That, that, that's 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 pretty good right there. Maybe in the close, it's kind of like the LSU game a couple of years ago. Auburn played LSU and Joe Burrow as close as anybody in their senior year. Yep, they did. Yeah. So appreciate it, guys. Y'all take care. Yeah, appreciate, appreciate it, Terry. Terry. Good to hear from you. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. I had somebody uh, comment. I tweeted it out on my Twitter at Goins to Jacob uh, on Twitter, and I said, and I asked the same question: Who are some non-conference games you want to see Auburn football play in the near future? Uh, and Noah, he responded, and he said, "Would love to renew the Georgia Tech rivalry." So right there with with what Terry was saying about Georgia Tech, um, it seems like a lot of a lot of Auburn fans would like to see Georgia Tech back on the schedule. But, yeah, yeah, and it makes sense. It makes sense. Well, let's go through this. Let's uh, let's let's pick some teams here on who Wait. we would like to see. Do you want to heads or tails, buddy? Tails never fails is what I'm going to go with. And you have the first pick. All right. So first pick, and now again, these are By teams. Way, it, it has a it has a flip counter on this uh, site. We are the 272 272,446,532nd coin flip on this website hang the banner yeah we are (laughs) so uh these are teams that auburn could have played in recent years i i would say no less than five i mean if they played within the last five years um would probably keep them off the list but then um you know you don't want to go back super super far but these could also be teams that are on the schedule right now for the future and that's why my number one overall pick is going to be with what terry said miami i think miami is a big game i think auburn would really enjoy playing miami they get them they go to miami in 29 and miami the hurricanes come to jordan hare in 2030 so i'm taking miami with my first pick on who i would like to see auburn play in the near future which they will all right i'm going to start with one that has already been mentioned 
Don't do it. Notre Dame. Okay. Notre Dame. I think that'd be a really fun one. Uh, I know that way back in the day, um, they stuck their noses up at Auburn and declined a bowl game because they thought yeah. they were too good for Auburn. And I just want, I have Notre Dame friends that think so highly of their program, uh, and I want to bury them. I really, really do. I think um, a lot of college football fans feel that way about Notre Dame. I, I think it's a very I general think it, I consensus. I think it'd be, very, it'd be very fun to do a home-and-home home with them. It, yeah. it would be. And I, I, I think that's a good point. With all of these games, I want them to be home-and-homes. And that's why I'm picking a lot of these. I don't want to play Miami in Atlanta. I don't want to play Miami in Texas. I, don't, I wouldn't want to play Notre Dame in whatever. Like, Let's make all of these home-and-homes. And that's what the Miami game is. Uh, so you have Notre Dame. My next one... And that snake draft, brother. Oh, man. I've got the third pick. Oh, whatever. That's how this works. Whatever. I'll be nice to you, and I'll go Michigan. You're going to take Michigan. Okay. I'll be nice to you and go Michigan because Thanks. I know what your next one is. Yes. Well, I'm going to take the... Uh, I'm going to take the rival of of Michigan, and I'm going to take the Buckeyes of Ohio State as my second pick. What is the reasoning behind yours? And I'll give the reasoning behind mine. There after. are a lot of reasons behind mine. Uh, I think obviously Ohio State is a top tier college football program. I think when you look at historical uh, f- factors here, Auburn and Ohio State are top fifteen college football programs of mm-hmm. all time. Um, my personal reason is. I can't stand Ohio State, and I grew up in Ohio. I grew up an hour from Columbus. All of my Ohio State friends, um, they know how I feel. Everybody knows how I feel about Ohio State. I despise them, and I would love for Auburn to get that chance. Not right now, because Ohio State would do really bad things to Auburn, but in the near future, when Auburn gets better, I would love Auburn to play Ohio State. I would love to go. I've never been to the shoe. I've never been to a game in Columbus. I've been there a million times, but I've never actually been uh, to the shoe there at Ohio State. So I'd love to go up and watch Auburn play there, and I'd love to see the Buckeyes come to Jordan-Hare. Yeah, I think that that'd be a great one. I I picked Michigan. It's a personal because, personal thing for me. Um, I think that one. Michigan would be a lot of fun too. I can't. I mean, it, what you you haven't played Michigan since, if I'm recalling. I, I know you played him in a Sugar Bowl back in the day, where I want to say Aldo Greco hit a big field goal. Uh, which okay. maybe I am wrong there. Uh, but it's a team you don't see very often. Uh, you've played twice. Your last game was against Michigan in 2001 in the Citrus Bowl, and you lost uh, 31-28. And then you played in the 84 Sugar Bowl, where you won 9-7. to And that is the year that... That is... I believe the year that Auburn got uh, screwed, I believe, by by the AP poll and uh, in the final vote. But I think Michigan, just a program with a lot of history... Uh, the big house, that stadium, to be able to go there once. Kind of same thought process Mm -hmm. with Notre Dame going to that venue, the the history of that program, uh, touchdown Jesus, all that. Bring them to Auburn. I think it would be a lot of fun uh, for for both of those. Uh, Is it safe to say that the big house is a more recognizable stadium than Ohio State's? Yes, absolutely. I'm just... Now answer me this. Which stadium is more recognizable, the Big House or the Rose Bowl? The Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl. Really? Yeah. The Rose Bowl. I feel like that's a good debate. The Rose Bowl is overrated. 
I'll say that as well. You you've told me that the before. I've never most, been. It's it's the second most overrated stadium I've ever been to, uh, besides the one in Phoenix where the Cardinals play. Yeah, that thing stinks <laughs> stinks out loud well the the big house and the rose bowl are both on my um they're on my bucket list of places i want to go in college football the big house i think more than than the rose bowl just because i mean they hold over a hundred thousand people man that place is massive and and i want to go uh, really really bad we'll talk some more about ours later on in the program uh, but had another comment on twitter notre dame iowa and Oregon State are three options that uh, somebody commented on Twitter. So wow. Notre Dame is ones you, that you drafted, but Iowa and Oregon State. My problem with a lot of the Big Ten schools, they just don't excite me. I don't get excited. Okay, there, I, I have one other Big Ten school that would excite me, and we can we can get to that after the break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we got Jordan coming up. We'll have to talk later oh, you're right, in the show. You're right, you're but uh, Oregon State, that's an interesting one. That's fascinating. Auburn football taking a trip to Corvallis? I think a, a true home-and-home home with Washington would be awesome. That would be a lot of fun, too. Rather than rather than the neutral site game, just because I, you that stadium supposedly is beautiful. You can get to it by boat. Uh, apparently, it's very it's one of the more raucous environments of the Pac-12. So. I, I would be down for that. We'll talk some more about this later on, but Jordan Hill of Dogs247 joins us when we come back. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Halfway through hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. He's Carter Bird. I'm Jacob Goins, and we are joined by Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 on the phone lines. Jordan, happy Wednesday. Hope all is well uh, with you in Athens. And man, it was great to get you on the show last week in person at SEC Media Days. Definitely. That always makes the uh, trip to whether it's in Atlanta or Nashville or Hoover, uh, getting a chance to see you guys in person always makes it worthwhile. And uh, like we talked about last week, that's sort of the beginning of the end of the offseason. We know football is just around the corner now. Well, Jordan, I uh, want to have you recap SEC Media Days last week as we get closer and closer to football season. We're, we're 38-some days away from uh, from Auburn and Georgia getting this thing kicked off. So what caught your ear last week from, from Kirby Smart and all the other coaches as you kind of recap SEC Media Days in Nashville? Well, I think the biggest thing from Georgia's perspective was sort of the message that Kirby wanted to get out there, and you heard it echoed from players it's about fighting complacency it's about um, keeping the main thing the main thing for the 2023 team and it's really no different than what they had to say this time last year um, you know really stressing the fact that the team that's coming in and is going to play this season has not earned anything they've got to go out there and, and win and put in the work to be able to fight for a national championship but aside from that really I thought this was a pretty tame SEC media day nothing too wild from any Agreed. other coach uh, you know, talk from uh, some about NIL and some of the transfer portal stuff, but it was it was a pretty ho hum media days, which is uh, all fine and dandy for me, just because we're at the point where uh, we're counting down the days, like you said, Jacob. We're just getting ready for the season to get here, uh, for everybody to put the uh, pads back on, and for everybody to get back out on the field. Jordan, being the two-time defending national champion, those teams have been absolutely special the last couple of years. 
last year's team, the offense was significantly uh, improved and the defense was still elite two years ago. That defense was maybe the best defense of all time. When you look at this 2023 team, is it possible for them to sustain it without some sort of drop-off? And even if there is a little drop-off, could this team still win the national championship? I think it can. I think the biggest thing with this team and the way they've accumulated talent on both sides of the ball is even when you have drop-off, it's, it's pretty minimal. And, you know, you look at last year, I think statistically that defense wasn't as good as the one before it, but the drop-off was pretty minimal as far as defensive points allowed per game and things like that. They were still outstanding against the run and obviously still made it hard for opponents to score on them. And that's sort of what I'm looking to see this year. I think this offense can be very potent, even if, um, you know, even understanding that you're breaking in a new starting quarterback. Um, I think this defense will be very good. They've got a number of guys who played big roles last year who are back this year. Uh, for me, the biggest question on defense is outside a linebacker after you lose a pair of former five star recruits and Nolan Smith and Robert Bill. Uh, they got talented outside linebacker. They need guys just to step up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think this offense is going to be able to score points comparable to last year. I don't think it will maybe be quite as potent because you don't have a veteran like Stetson Bennett pulling the trigger. But they've got uh, – I think they're in really good shape with a guy like Carson Beck, who I think will win that job. And I think this defense is going to be stingy again. I think it's going to uh, really limit opponents' ability to score. Um, it, may not, it may not be quite as strong as the one that we saw last year. But I think it will be one of the top in the nation once again as Georgia tries to make it three in a row. Jordan, as we get closer to uh, to the start of the football season, that means fall practice, fall camp, right around the corner. Uh, what are some of the uh, position groups going into fall camp that have to be have to be settled before Georgia puts the football down on the field for the first time? I think you look at quarterback with Carson Beck, you know, and Brock Vandergrift. Nothing's been decided. I do think this will be a competition that goes into camp. But having said that, I think Carson is clearly in the lead, and I think he's put himself in good position. He's just got to continue that into fall camp. Running back's a position where they just need guys to get healthy. It sounds like Kendall Milton will be the top back going into the year. Sounds like he's good to go. Uh, They're probably going to miss a little bit of Branson Robinson in fall camp, which means – they're really going to put the onus on guys like Dejon Edwards, who is a senior, and Roderick Robinson, who's a true freshman, to kind of help pick up the load uh, with Branson probably sideline. Receiver is the big question for me because they've got a number of guys and really a number of different combinations and how they could get them on the field. Um, who kind of separates himself from the rest of the pack and uh, you know how many receivers we see on the field at one time given there's still a lot of talent at tight end. Uh, elsewhere, I would just say really – interior defensive line I think they'll use a bunch of different guys and try to find the combination that works and makes the most sense and then outside linebacker which I just talked about another one and I'll throw in cornerback too because Kamari Laster who was at media days he'll be one of the starters but it really sounds like there's a three-man competition at the other spot in Nylon Green, Dalen Everett, and Julian Humphrey. You got three guys who have quite a bit of talent but it seems like no one's really been able to separate themselves so uh, kind of wild to think about the amount of talent and how high the expectations are for Georgia going into this year. Uh, but fall camp starts next Thursday, and I think there's a lot of battles and a lot of competition within this team that's going to be worth watching. When you look at this Georgia program and how they've been able to reload talent every single year, we know they recruit at the highest level. 
a big talking point over the next 24 hours is going to be Demarcus Riddick, is who announces here in about an hour and 20 minutes. He's probably not going to stick with Georgia. He's probably going to go to either Auburn or Alabama. That's another potential recruiting win for Hugh Freeze. Does that worry Georgia fans? And I mean, I saw that Georgia already landed a five-star linebacker that seemingly looks like the replacement for Riddick. So are they worried at all about losing a guy like Riddick in this class? I don't know if worry is the right term, but I think it is worth paying attention to what Hugh Freeze and company are doing if they do, in fact, land to Marcus Riddick, which is my expectation. I do think they'll pick Auburn over Alabama and uh, decommit from Georgia, as we've all anticipated. Uh, I think it's not so much a worry when you look at the fact that Georgia obviously uh, still has a ton of talent. we got the number one class in the country. But I think you do have to pay attention to the fact that Hugh Freeze and his staff are working tremendously hard to make Auburn that recruiting threat uh, to teams like Georgia, to teams like Alabama, to teams uh, throughout the SEC and the Southeast. Uh, I think you've got to pay attention to what they're building because, you know, for the last few years when Georgia has had the success they've had, they really haven't had to worry about Auburn as a threat on the recruiting trail. That's not to say Auburn hasn't landed a few guys along the way that Georgia wanted, but you know, you look at the end of the Gus Malzahn era, I think recruiting wasn't quite where they had wanted it, particularly uh, when it comes to the trenches. And then you, we can talk all day about the debacle that was the Brian Harson era, which only furthered the amount of talent uh, that each program has within it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure the term worry would be the right way to describe it because Georgia's still in really good shape. Um, 26 commits, uh, and when Riddick decommits, it will be down to 25, but... Number one in the class, I think Georgia feels good about what it's got. Uh, but you do have to pay attention to what's going on in the Plains and understand that you know, Hugh, Hugh Freeze and company, they're going to go after guys that Georgia wants, and uh, Georgia's going to have to work really, really hard uh, to win more of those battles than they lose. To, to kind of build off of that, Jordan, if Auburn does end up landing Demarcus Riddick and they continue to have what they seem to think is going to be a really successful couple of weeks in recruiting, and then they get on the football field, and let's say Auburn wins eight games this year. Let's say that they compete with Georgia. I don't think many people would pick Auburn to win that game, but let's say it goes into the fourth quarter. Auburn wins eight games. They have a good recruiting class. How long would it take for Georgia fans to truly realize, okay, Auburn may be back and maybe starting to build something. How long would it take for that realization to set in? I think it would probably need to carry on into a year or two for Hugh Freeze. I do think if you know they hit those parameters you set up, Jacob, that that would be a success. I think mm-hmm. you would have to give them credit. Um, but I think if you can do it a second year, that's when you kind of raise everybody's eyebrows, especially when you talk about a fan base like Georgia and say, all right, okay, you know, we got to pay attention really closely to one of our biggest rivals because, you know, uh, eventually it's going to get to the point with Hugh Freeze that uh, they're going to have to beat Georgia. And, you know, it's been since 2017 that Auburn has beaten Georgia, hasn't beaten Georgia in Athens since 2005. I don't think that's lost on a lot of people. Uh, But, you know, I think that they are trending in the right direction. And I don't think it's crazy to say they could hit those parameters that you set there. But um, doing so is another ball game. We know how competitive the SEC is. You do that, you sign, you know, maybe a top 10, top 15 class. It gives you a lot of momentum going into 2024. And I think if you can replicate that and, and try to build on it, that it really is going to raise some eyebrows around Georgia, understanding that Auburn is not going to be a pushover. When you uh, look at the future, I mean, what, what, 
what how many I guess wins would uh, Auburn have to rack up against Georgia for you to feel like maybe this rivalry is not as lopsided as it's been for the last 20 plus years I think you probably need to split it fairly evenly say you know win a couple games in a four or five year stretch and it's always funny to me when I do different radio hits with different stations and you look at different rivalries like Georgia, Georgia Tech, or or Georgia Auburn, as that was a conversation that came up uh, during spring meetings. And, you know, people on one side of it say, well, let's get rid of it. It's not that competitive. And I always say that it's cyclical. You know, I mean, when I uh, was growing up, Georgia could never beat Florida. And uh, when I was super young, Georgia had a losing streak to Georgia Tech. In fact, that was a big reason they fired Jim Donnan. So my thing with that, you just always expect it to swing uh, you just want it to be competitive. Now, will Georgia continue to build on this and, you know, win? You know, it's been since 2017. Will we see that going forward five, six, seven years? I don't anticipate it. I mean, I think eventually Auburn is going to get to the point where they can push Georgia and keep these games competitive. Uh, but it's going to take some doing. I do not think that Auburn's roster is at that point yet. Uh, it's going to take Hugh, and, Hugh Freeze and company um, a lot of work uh, to land the talent they need. Uh, but I think it's possible, and I definitely don't think uh, you can just write this rivalry off. Because, like I said, these things swing so dramatically uh, that we could be turning around by the end of this decade and going, man, remember early on just how Georgia could pretty much name the score this decade? Uh, I'm not of the mindset that that's going to stay that case forever. Talking to Jordan Hill of Dogs247. Jordan, we were discussing from the Auburn perspective earlier uh today on our show about team non-conference teams we want to see Auburn play if we were to pose that question to you for Georgia who are a couple names out there because we know that Georgia's played Notre Dame recently we've seen I mean I hope you don't say TCU nobody wants to see that again Uh, but if you had to pick some teams out there that you would like to see Georgia play who would they be I think a big one would be USC, you know, going back to, I think that might have been 2007 when Georgia winds up going to the Sugar Bowl. There was an outside hope that Georgia would play USC in the Rose Bowl, and it wound up not happening. But that's a game that has not played been played since, I think, either the 30s or the 40s. I think USC-Georgia would be fun. Uh, Georgia-Michigan, you know, playing those home-and-home, uh, home, you know, going to the big house and being in Sanford Stadium, I think that'd be fun. Yep. And one personally to me, and I think this – probably was mentioned with Auburn, Florida State. I always thought that that was fun, especially when Mark Rick, uh, you know, had coach of Florida State, was the head coach of Georgia, and you had that dynamic between him and Bobby Bowden. Uh, I've always sort of rooted for Florida State, one of those teams in the other conferences that I always keep up with. I think that would be a fun one in the years to come. Uh, you know, Georgia plays Clemson quite a bit, and we'll play them again next year. But uh, I've always liked keeping up with Florida State. I think that would be fun to see. Georgia play Florida State maybe once every two or three years and uh, kind of build a a nice little ACC-SEC challenge sort of thing. Well, well, Jordan, you used to cover Auburn, too. Is there a team that you'd like to see Auburn play a non-conference schedule coming up? Florida State makes a lot of sense to me. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones. I mean, the Penn State one was pretty fun. If you could pull maybe some other, um, you know, like an Auburn-Wisconsin, that feels like a a January 1 Bowl uh, that I'm sure was played uh, several times. So, um, yeah, I don't know off the top of my head. I know Florida State is one that immediately comes to mind. I always like sort of those regional, Mm -hmm. even like when Auburn played Clemson uh, during that stretch. I like playing some of those, and I'll throw it back. I know a lot of 
fans, at least where I grew up, always liked Auburn Georgia Tech. And I can remember as a kid seeing that game a few times. Yeah, we've had a lot of we've had a lot of people say Georgia Tech already today. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that one. I think that would be fun. And, you know, it's always great to be in Atlanta and have a presence there. So having a home-and-home home, uh, for Auburn playing Georgia Tech, that'd be probably a, a pretty productive uh, setup. Jordan Hill of Dogs 2470 joins us every Wednesday at 2.30 here on On the Line. We appreciate you and your time, as always. Uh, let everybody know where they can keep up with you and everything and all your content coming up because uh, football season's right around the corner, man. Definitely. Dogs247.com on Twitter at Jordan Davis Hill on Twitter at Dogs247. We got a 50% off deal right now. I encourage everyone to take advantage before fall camp opens next Thursday. Because if you sign up, that means you get access to AuburnUndercover.com as well and can bounce around, see what we got going on. So it's going to be a very productive, pretty busy few days getting ready for next week. But, uh, it's a sign that the season's almost here, and uh, I have no doubt that they'll be kicking it off before we know it. Well, Jordan, we'll talk to you next week, and we'll preview fall camp for the Georgia Bulldogs. Sounds great. Appreciate you guys. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 again joins us every Wednesday at 2.30 here on the program. We'll come back, wrap up hour number one here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. All right, got a couple more minutes, an hour number one here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Big thank you to Jordan Hill of Dogs247 uh, getting us ready for uh, the Georgia Bulldogs starting fall camp next week with uh, the football season just right around the corner. Uh, we'll continue our uh, Auburn football non-conference games conversation in hour number two. But uh, Carter, did you see, this is not sports related by any means, Uh the U.S., the United States, just kind of slightly confirming that aliens may exist. Did you see all this today? Uh, yeah, hasn't this been an ongoing thing for the past like year, year and a half? Yeah, slowly? but they had a dude under oath today, and they were like, he was like, yeah, we have uh, we have bodies of non-human things that they we found, like biological material, and it was like, that's a f- really fun way to say a. Being, alien a being <laughs> that's a, yeah it's a very fancy way of of trying to say yeah we found aliens um how wild is that the fact that it's taken the the world's My longest favorite, debate has finally come to fruition to, to put this just totally off the rails my favorite conspiracy theory with it is oh, no. that the government is using it to pull wool over everybody's eyes. It's like it's like sliding hand. Like <laughs> yeah. look at this over here, and something else is going on. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, and I, I saw I saw some people discussing that. I was like, heck yeah, I'm that's all genius. in. That's awesome. <laughs> They're like, you know what? The country may not be in a great like, spot it's right in now. Such a bad spot where we're gonna bring up aliens, and we're gonna admit to it. It's, it's, <laughs> this is like Plan Z, right from uh, oh, from television, God. where they're like, "All right, we need something. What do we got?" And they open the file cabinet, and there's one file remaining: oh, aliens, Lord. and that's it. That's all they. <laughs> well, uh, I saw that stuff today about the government, and it's just it's unbelievable. Like, it, look, aliens exist. Okay, let's just be honest. There is other stuff. There's other things out there. We're not the only species. We're not the only of our kind in this universe uh but it's just really wild and mind-blowing to me to hear 
representatives of the United States government and different uh, organizations, and they're like, yeah, we may or may not have found things, and we may or may not still have them in our possession, and things may have already been here, and you had no idea. And um, yeah, what a wild... What a wild development today of of aliens and uh, and UFOs and stuff. But I wanted to bring that up because it's massive news. Um, but again, big thank you to uh, Jordan Hill of Dogs Two Four Seven. I asked him the question about uh, the position groups for for Georgia that are big question mark going into fall camp. Uh, of course, the big one that people are waiting on is who is going to be uh, the the starter for for Georgia in, in the opener and, and for the See, season. For for me. I'm not because I think that, that the receiver talent has gotten so much better because McConkie's still there, Ra Ra Thomas. Uh, you bring in the Missouri kid as well. This is the best three receivers Georgia's had in a long time. You still have Brock Bowers. Um, my, my, I think whoever plays quarterback is going to be just fine. I do. I think you're going to put up Stetson's numbers, numbers last year. Not. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, do I think you're going to be like a Heisman finalist? No. I want to know what Georgia has on the interior of the defensive line. Yeah. Because they've had a dude or two for the last three, four years. They just keep pumping them into the NFL. And you've always you've kind of been able to see, okay, this guy's next, this guy's next, this guy's next. There's not a 100% proven commodity there next. Jalen Carter's gone. Jordan Davis is gone. Who anchors that interior of the D-line? And allows the linebackers to to make plays, uh, get some pressure up the middle, and maybe forces the quarterback out the side of the pocket and runs him into some of these edge uh, rusher guys. Mm -hmm. Makes life easier on those very, very talented DBs that Georgia does have. Yeah, and and I think that's a really good point to bring up about the Georgia defense is how good can it be – and who's going to be the guy on that side of the football? So we'll find out about Georgia. It's amazing. We went we went from Georgia to aliens back to Georgia. All in about a five-minute span. Don't tell me we're not good at what we do. Georgia's got some alien athletes on their, on their team. <laughs> I have no comment. Stay tuned. Hour number two is coming up. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well as we get underway in hour number two here on ESPN 106.7. If you missed any of hour number one, be sure to go and catch up with the podcast later on today, tonight, tomorrow, whenever you'd like. Uh, we uh, talked to Jordan Hill of Dogs 247, got updated on the Georgia Bulldogs as we get closer and closer to uh, fall camp starting for them and, of course, football season just about 
38 days away. So uh, we talked to him. Uh, we also had a fun conversation that we're going to pick back up here in hour number two, talking our top five, uh, top five non-conference games we would like to see Auburn football play in the near future. Carter and I are uh, drafting them, if you will, so that way we have two different lists. We'll have some similar ones, but we'll have different lists. And so I tweeted it out. If you want to call in and tell us yours or uh, comment under my tweet on Twitter, uh, just type in Goins to Jacob. That's the number two, and you can comment. Uh, lots of people have have been commenting on it, and so thank you all. We've been trying to shout them out on the air. There's been some uh, that we'll talk about as well. Uh, so that's what's coming up here in hour number two. Then we'll talk about uh, how today is a huge day. It is DeMarcus Riddick Commitment Day, and uh, we'll see if he stays with the Georgia Bulldogs. If he flips to Auburn, Alabama, we'll see what happens as his commitment uh, is coming up in about an hour from now. It feels like that momentum is continuing to build for Auburn as we go. He's picked up crystal balls left and right for Auburn over the last 24 hours, so we'll preview that. And then, of course, uh, as it happens, Bill and Dan on the drive from 4 to 6, they'll get the opportunity uh, to talk about that and break it down. So uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow of course however it goes Uh, but that's coming up in about an hour so we'll talk about that later on in this hour previewing just talking about how big that would be if Hugh Freeze and Auburn could flip to Marcus Riddick but before we do anything let's get to the phone lines 334-321-1390 and Spectre you're on the line it's good to hear from you man what's up hey how you guys been doing good doing good all right good I want to talk about a little bit something different okay Um, Carter Bird this is directed to you actually okay i've heard your soundbite i guess promoting your show about your comments about robbie ashford yeah you know what i'm talking about yes i do okay um you know you realize anything you say is picked up all the minions out there that get on these social platforms and they basically shred these athletes to the brink of madness. Some of them can handle it, some of them can't. But those that can't, you know, well, God help them. But anyway, um, I got—I uh, don't know what it is that you have against Robbie Ashford. I don't have anything uh, against let, him. We, we covered this last time. Yeah, well, anyway, let me get something out. Uh, let me talk about Auburn's offensive line since maybe around 2019 to the well, actually, to last year. All right. Now, Bo Nix is a five-star recruit, right? Yes. He had an awful time at, at Auburn. All right. Um, the same goes for T.J. Finley and also Robbie Ashford. Had the same offensive line, correct? Yep. All right. All right. Now, would you think that Peyton Thorne could have done any better than Bo Nix with that offensive line? I'm not uh, not better than Bo Nix, but that's not the discussion at any point. He could have done better than Robbie Ashford. I firmly believe that because I think he's a better passer. Well, he developed himself because he was at Michigan State. Do but you do, do you know about his offensive line last year at Michigan State? Well, my point is, this is my point. Because it was really bad, and they couldn't run the football, and he still threw for 2,700 yards. All right. That's that's what, that's you know, that's up there. But I'm asking you, do you think that Peyton could have put up those numbers at Auburn with the offensive line that Ashford had? 
I'm not saying he puts up the 3,000-yard season he did in 21 when he had a good offensive line and he had an elite running back. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I think he would have been better than Robbie Ashford last year. I firmly believe that because he's a, an accurate passer, and I think he's a more athletic runner than we've given him credit for. And I think he's, he's got the, from what I've heard about his mental state and his mentality and just how motivated he is, I expect him to be really good this year. Well, we'll never know for sure because he's going to have a different offensive line. Mm-hmm. He's going to have a better offensive line. Yes, and both so, both correct agreed. statements. Yep. And, and so will Robbie Ashford have a better offensive line. Yes. Now, during media days, I heard nothing but good about Robbie Ashford, especially yep. from Coach Freeze. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't heard anything about Peyton Booker. Well, that's not well, true because he he spoke about Peyton as well. Yeah, but not on the degree that he spoke about Ashford. Well, because he had spring practice with Robbie Ashford, he hasn't had any actual practices on the field with Peyton Thorne. He yeah, just has had got, conversations with him for the most part. Yeah, but he's got tape on uh, Peyton. Yeah, he's got he's got he's got the numbers on Peyton, and he still went and added Peyton Thorne after spring. Yeah, I understood that, but you know. It gets back to what I'm what I'm saying to you about how you're trash talking Ashford, and and you made it and you it seemed to be bothering you because you made this commercial for that point. Well, I think it's a good soundbite, and that, and that's why it's been used. Yeah, exactly. But it, I it I, like- I I'm not trashing Robbie Ashford. I have said I think Robbie Ashford can be a very high level player in the SEC. I think he can be an All SEC quarterback. I said that earlier that day that you called in. Now, yeah. he has to get better as a passer. I don't think he's there yet. I think he has to improve. I think I think a year and a year of development under Hugh Freeze, a year to sit and watch Peyton Thorne, could open the door for him to hit his ceiling, for him to have that jump like like Malik Willis did from the first couple years with Gus, with Gus Malzahn, then he goes to Hugh Freeze and develops into a really high-level quarterback. Yeah, I understand, Carter. Uh, I, all I'm trying to say to you is these are kids we're talking about. These aren't grown men. And respectfully, I is have that, not said anything I'll, negative about Robbie Ashford other than I don't think he's ready as a passer. Their they're, <laughs> they're frontal lobe is still developing. And anything that's said negatively is going to fuel these people out there on these social platforms. And and if it does, then then they're more than welcome to 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 take that and, and do whatever they want. But I mean, we're you know we sit on here and, and say what we believe and say what we think, and that's that's Carter's opinion. All I've said yeah. is that from what I've heard, from talking to people, and what I've seen in practice, I think Peyton Thorne is going to be the starter in twenty three. That's what started this entire conversation. Yeah. Well, that. We'll see if that develops or not. Um, yeah. Anyway, well, I ain't going to take any more of your time. But you understand my point of view about the about the comment. Yeah. No, we get it. And we appreciate the call, man. It's good to hear from you. All right. That's, All right. that's Specter on the phone lines three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Um, to to comment on that quickly. Um, look, Peyton Thorne's going to be your starter. Robbie's yep. not ready. Every everything that you said, I agree with. Um, I know what the 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 bit that he's talking about, the conversation we had that day. Um, it's it's about it's about if if 
a, a player like Robbie heard us talking on the radio and got discouraged or got upset and it let hit and he let that affect his play in practice or on the field then he your in your comment was then he's not going to be ready as a starting quarterback Regardless, anyway yes. right and, and, and I still believe that and I back you up I do I I think that's a correct statement and so we'll see I don't think Robbie is going to let that affect him I'm just going to be honest if he happened to hear that I don't think he will let that affect him I think he's too good of a player to let that impact him um and athletes are talked about 24 7 365 in this country about their performance and whether they're going to be good or not and I feel like we're pretty fair when it comes to criticism and even praise as well uh, for Auburn. Of course, that's who we talk about most of the time, but we'll just have to wait and see when it comes to Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford. Let's get in back into our uh, non-conference conversation, right? Talking about the five teams we would like to see Auburn football play in the near future in non-conference games. And these have to be, don't necessarily have to be games they haven't played in recent history, but that is preferred. I want to read some of the uh, comments and retweets we've gotten on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you on there. You can go in and uh, follow me on Twitter and and comment under it. It's Goins, the number two, and then Jacob. So go find that and comment and let us know. Uh, We've had some really, really good answers. Georgia Tech has been, Georgia Tech has been a very common answer. Uh, Notre Dame has been a very common answer. We've got Iowa, Oregon State, uh, Oklahoma State, Wisconsin. Uh, We've got our buddy Lance Dahl of Locked On Kentucky and Auburn Daily. Uh, I asked for some, and Lance gave us a book. (laughs) Lance said Florida State, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, UAB. This is where it gets interesting. That's a wild one. UAB. I don't hate that. This is the one, it's on my list, and if we get there, because Carter and I are sort of drafting these a little bit, um, this is the one I have on my list that I think all Auburn fans would like it because yep. multiple reasons, Yep. UCF. Yep. UCF on that list, I have them on mine. North Carolina, Syracuse, Nebraska, and Virginia. Those are Lance Dahl's teams that he Can would I like to see Auburn play. whatever team. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Harson coaches that next. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Make Brian Harson come back to Jordan Hare yes. Stadium. Uh, Notre Dame, again, is a pop- popular one. Just reading everybody's comments. Uh, Florida State, Georgia Tech, Miami, Notre Dame. So um, lots of. Lots of popular picks. I think Notre Dame, Florida State, Georgia Tech are the top. Miami uh, is who I picked as my first pick. I have Miami and Ohio State. You have Notre Dame and Michigan. Uh, We'll talk some more about this, but we got another phone call. I want to get to that, and I believe we have AJ on the line. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. All right, AJ, what you got, man? Well, now that I I had to take a hiatus, um, but I will say Florida State would be my number one. Okay. I like that. I one. think the main reason is because, like, going back to the 2013 national championship, of course, mm-hmm. and then also my dad's a big Florida State fan. Um, wow! And so family ties. Yeah. So uh, I would love to see Florida State and Auburn like have that rivalry again. So that way, me and him could also like have some bonding time. There you go. With that and also like. Just beat each other up. Yeah, I guess. yeah, and and I think that would be a I think that'd be a really fun home and home too, and that's what we're talking about is in this sense is home and homes rather than neutral site. And mm-hmm. I would really like to see Auburn go to Tallahassee. I think that'd be a fun trip, and I'd like to see the Seminoles come to Jordan Hare Stadium. So I think Florida State's a great pick. Yes, um, but yeah, that's that's all I have. 
y'all have pretty much covered everything else, and I appreciate you answering the call. Yeah, appreciate you calling appreciate in. Appreciate it, 334-321-1390. Uh, let's keep drafting a little bit before we get to break. As I said, I've got Miami, Ohio State. You have Notre Dame and Michigan. I'm up, right? And you have the first pick of the third round. I do. And Florida State is such a good pick. That is a really, Go really good one. Are you not going to go for it? You're yeah, going to say yeah, you're not going to do it? I'm going to take Florida State. I'm taking Florida State as my third that I would like to see Auburn play in the near future. Okay. I like that one. Um, I think I'll – I will – hmm. Man, I'm – because we're not including Texas. We're not including Oklahoma. Correct. Because they're coming into the conference. Correct. You're because play them anyway. Both of those would be on my list. Uh, yes, yeah. I mean, Texas, some sort Texas of would have been on my list pretty much immediately mm-hmm. um i'll go with one that's that's coming up ucla i have that on my list i think that would be a good one i will go ucla okay. for my third pick all right i think i think that would be fun i think it'd be cool for auburn they're going out to cal but they're going to play cal so not as exciting um i think it'd be really fun to not only for auburn to go to ucla but i'm thinking even more watching these teams play in auburn i think there's something really cool about watching different teams play in the in the home stadium for auburn and it would it would draw a lot Mm -hmm. of buzz for ucla to come to this campus i i for my fourth round pick god i am really i'm like it's tough to narrow it down to five i'm so split I'm split between UCF and like a Washington. Okay. I'm going to go Washington because I think that's a really unique experience. That is. Going out to Seattle. That would be a good one. Okay, so you've got Notre Dame, Michigan, UCLA, and Washington. I'll make my fourth pick, and then we can go to break, come back, wrap it up, and talk about about this list. Um, I'm going to take UCF. I'm okay, going to take UCF is. because I knew it was I knew it was coming at some point by one of us. There are way too many reasons for this matchup to not want to be had by Auburn by Auburn fans. Um, we know about the the bowl game where UCF wins and claims a fake national championship. We also know that they are now the fighting Gus Malzahn's. Um, I think. For no hate reason, I don't think many Auburn fans truly hate Gus Malzahn, but they would really like to beat him in an Auburn uniform and watch him on the opposite sideline. So I'm going to take uh, UCF. as, a, And I think it would be fun for for a home-and-home home for UCF. They they seem to have a pretty good, pretty good atmosphere when big teams come and play down there. So, yeah, I'll take UCF to uh, have my list at Miami. Ohio State, Florida State, and UCF. We have one more pick to make. Again, give us a call. Go comment on Twitter. Let us know what you think. We're ranking top five non-conference games. We want to see Auburn football play in the near future. We'll talk about that and wrap up this conversation when we come back here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. All right, let's keep drafting uh, as we talk about the top five games the non-conference games we'd like to see Auburn football play in the near future and then coming up uh, in just a little bit we'll talk about Demarcus Riddick and his commitment later on today just about 40-45 minutes away from that Uh, we'll talk about the implications what it would mean uh, and where we think he's going to end up going uh, when he commits later on this afternoon but uh, here's what we got so far we'll pick our we're picking our top five and we're doing a almost like a snake draft to where that way we have two separate lists 
And then we can talk about uh, some of the outliers that maybe didn't make the list. And again, uh, go onto my Twitter page and, and comment under my post if you don't want to call in. We'd love to hear from you and see your answers. Got a lot of them on there already. Uh, we've had some great phone calls as well at 334-321-1390. Here's my list so far. We have four out of the five made. I have Miami as my first, Ohio State because of my uh, personal uh, dislike of Ohio State because I grew up up there. Uh, Florida State because of the history of the national championship game and I just think it's a Auburn and Florida State are very similar programs in my mind. Uh, and then UCF because of the uh, claimed national championship, Gus Malzahn, the very uh, short but loud history between these two programs already. So that's my top four as of right now. Yeah, and mine are Notre Dame, Michigan, UCLA, and Washington. Those last two. I know UCLA is coming up. I think uh, a trip out to L.A. and bringing Chip Kelly and the boys to town would be a lot of fun. Uh, I was tempted to go USC, but there was that home-and-home at the beginning of the 2000s, so I went UCLA just because it's a little bit fresher. Uh, Washington, I know there was the neutral site game uh, in Atlanta, but a home and home with them would be very fun because that that fan base, I think that fan base is probably the closest in the Pac-12 to an SEC fan base. I would say so. Mind. They're very passionate, very I, very passionate. Maybe Oregon, but I would put Washington first. And I think that from everything I've heard about that stadium, how beautiful it is. The like I said before, you can get to it via boat. Uh, the backdrop is unbelievable. Uh, I think that'd be a really fun one, and to bring them um, down to Auburn, just hopefully, hopefully their bus doesn't catch on fire like their basketball team that one time. Yeah, that wouldn't be that good. That was crazy. That was crazy. <laughs> well, you have UCLA on your list. Um, Auburn set to play UCLA in 2027 on the road, and then uh, the Bruins will come to Jordan Hare Stadium in 2028. Uh, so the, there you go. You have that. Miami is on the schedule for 2029 and 2030. So that fills out and helps my list a little bit. Uh, we're on the fifth and final pick. I believe you're up, sir. I think you're up. Am I? Yeah. Oh. That's how the snake stuff oh, okay. draft works, brother. Well, I lost track. I keep losing track. You got track. lost in the snake. It's okay. I did. Um, Man, there's so many. You talked about USC. I think that would be a fun one because of what USC is becoming. I think they're going to be uh, one of the best teams in the Pac-12 for a while. As, or, and now they're going to be part of the Big Ten. So we'll see uh, what that's going to look like and how, uh, how they can maybe make some noise in a new-look Big Ten. Um. Georgia Tech is on there. But here's my thing with Georgia Tech is in our lifetime, the last few times Auburn has played Georgia Tech, we were very young. And so that rivalry for me personally is not as just like heated and hated. Um, we could, we'll make that a, a, a special request for former intern Jenny. We'll pick Georgia Tech just for her. But hmm, we've had people make some good ones. Oklahoma State's a good one. NC State is a good one. I've got two that I'm that I'm kind of. I would stuck also between. I would also like to have a home and home again with Clemson. I think Auburn deserves another shot with the Tigers of Clemson. So I, I think there was maybe it's been a long enough time now where you can do it, but for a while. Oh, for there for a there while, was yeah. Clemson fatigue because Auburn played them in two bowl games, two neutral site kickoff games, and two home and homes. Mm-hmm. It was outrageous the amount of times that Auburn kept playing Clemson, and so I mean. You could probably do it now, yeah, and and get and get away with it this time. But 
for a while. That's why I shied away from them, just because there was, I mean, there was a 10, 12-year period where you played them eight times. I'm going to go USC. You picked UCLA. I'm going to take USC. I just think that would be that would be a really special game, uh, a really special home-and-home home with two just power programs in college football. Yeah, and you would get them after Caleb Williams leaves. Exactly. Hey, look at you. Uh, I am down between UNC and Wisconsin. See, I thought about Wisconsin, but that Wisconsin. doesn't excite me. Camp Randall would be a lot of fun. That place is rowdy. The fourth quarter when they're all jumping up and down to to jump around. Jump around, yeah. Uh, I think that'd be a lot of fun, especially with Fickle taking over. They're going to be more exciting. They're going to score more points. I'll go Wisconsin. Okay. So if you were going to make a, some just some honorable mentions on yeah, my yeah, yeah. list, yeah, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll throw Georgia Tech on there. I know a lot of people wanted it. I just didn't. I didn't pick it personally. Uh, UNC. Okay, why? Why UNC? I just I think well one I I I love the the UNC colors and I think I always love watching them play the Carolina blue. Do you love their um, brand? Yeah, you know I do, and I wish. Jordan Brand made Auburn stuff. I really, I, I, that's, I really wish. that's where my vote is. If Auburn is to go away from Under Armour, Jordan is my vote for sure. Uh, so that was that was on my list. Oklahoma State was on my list uh, as well. Iowa was an interesting one that uh, somebody pointed out. Uh, Arizona State was one that I heard from a couple people. Arizona State, yeah, I could get behind that one. Here's one for you, and it's completely contingent on them getting good again. Virginia Tech. I love that. That is my because that is my that yep. atmosphere when they are good is awesome. Yes, and that is the only reason I didn't pick them when we when we brought this conversation up. That's one of the first teams that popped in my head is Virginia Tech, but they've got to get good again. They have to get relevant in the college football again for me to be okay with that because if not, even in the current state of Auburn football, Auburn would roll. They would roll in that game. And um I would love I would make the trip I would make the trip to Virginia Tech if Auburn got to play there. I think it would be so much fun. It, they they have one of the best entries in college football, right, with, with Sandman, and it's just a fantastic atmosphere. But until they get better, I've got to leave them off my list. Um, some honorable mentions for me, uh, NC State. I think Jack may have texted that to us. I think that's I like a that good one. one. I like that one. Um, I don't love that stadium they play in. It just feels very boring. So, I mean – Maybe uh, a night game at NC State would be awesome. I just that'd be that would be they played, they played the NHL Stadium Series in their football stadium, and I was like, this feels dumb. Um, I will say, home and home with West Virginia again. Run it back if they're good. I thought about that too, and I looked it up because I was curious. Auburn has only played them twice, and the last time was two thousand nine. Trying and to Auburn think of, won forty-one to thirty. Trying to think of other ones that would be fun. Oklahoma State would be fun. I think that yeah. would be a lot of fun for Auburn and Oklahoma State. Um, had a comment on Twitter, and this tweet wins the day. Uh, Preston uh, commented and said, "The way the SEC is going, we're not going to have any non-conference games." <laughs> this is true. It'll either be you'll either be playing a conference game or somebody from the Big Ten, and that's pretty much where we're going to sit. So uh, I had to get that one, and I thought that was funny. But I would say NC State and Oklahoma State and Virginia Tech would be some of my honorable mentions. So no, this was a lot of fun. 
fun. I'm glad we've had this conversation. Miami, Ohio State, Florida State, UCF, USC. For me and for Carter, Notre Dame, Michigan, UCLA, Washington, and Wisconsin. Just talking about some of the non-conference games we'd like to see Auburn football play in the next couple of years. But when we come back, it's DeMarcus Riddick Commitment Day. We'll talk about what that means for Auburn and how the momentum could carry on over the next couple of weeks. Jacob Goins and Carter Bird on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We've got 30 more minutes here on the Wednesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds. Not the backup Jacob Goins, he is Carter Bird. Commercial breaks are so fun here. They are. We have too much fun during commercial <laughs> breaks around here. Um, we talked a lot about uh, the, the non-conference game conversation for Auburn. It was a fun topic, and I'm glad we did it. Uh, hopefully you all enjoyed that. But the big news of the day, is the fact that in just under 30 minutes from now, Demarcus Riddick, the five-star, will be committing to his next school. And uh, he is a, a pretty long-time Georgia commit, but the feeling right now is that he is going to uh, be flipping that. And um, it seems to be, Carter, that it's either Auburn or Alabama. And if you've noticed over the last 24 hours or so, he continues to pick up crystal balls and predictions to be an Auburn Tiger. And um, we, we just cannot even express enough. I know we've talked about it at length, but we can't express enough just how big this would be. Not just because he's a big five-star defensive player. That's a huge factor. But the fact that you get an in-state kid, you get a Georgia, what seemed to be a lock for a long time, and not only would you flip him from Georgia, you would beat out Alabama in that commitment as well. This would be huge. It would be absolutely massive and a great way to kickstart what should be a great two weeks for Auburn football recruiting. Yeah, I think that we, you're about to see things really take off. It's going to be, I've made the comparison before, the snowball that starts rolling down the hill. It's going to get bigger. It's going to get bigger. It's going to get bigger. And it's going to, hey, look, hey, when that happens, it may only happen in cartoons and stuff, but that snowball starts picking up things that weren't you weren't necessarily expecting, and maybe maybe a guy or two jumps in the boat that a month ago you weren't even thinking Auburn was on the radar. Right, and it's crazy because we we were talking with Christian Clemente yesterday, our recruiting guy from Auburn two four seven, and and I asked him that question. I was like, when's the last time that you saw? a single recruit and his commitment have this much impact because you're right it seems like from the things we're hearing and the things we read that what happens with DeMarcus Riddick today may impact what three or four other big name guys in this recruiting class decide to do and in my recent memory Carter it's I can't remember when a recruit like this and his commitment had this much of an impact i really just can't remember yeah this one if you do if you land this one in perry thompson then i think that is the the planting the flag that a new era of auburn football recruiting is here and that would we've seen people talking trash about where auburn's classes ranked in 247 land those two and i think you might see some some other fan bases start to be a little quieter you may see some of these some of these 
preposterous takes that I've seen by the fan base that, well, he's not even recruiting that well. He's not even recruiting that different from Brian Harson. Look, the commitment list in July does not give the full picture of what's going on. If you if if that needs to be like laid out, like yes, you build momentum. You get you're in the picture for guys you wouldn't have dreamed of. Right, you're at least sitting in the living room. You're on the top five. You're at least got a hat on the you're table. In the top three, the top two. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You have a hat Brian on the Harson table. Did not have Auburn in the top 10 for K.J. Bolden and for DeMarcus Riddick. And he wouldn't talk to Ryan Williams. Peyton or Perry Thompson, no chance. All of these things. And this staff has clawed back in it and given you a shot with all these kids. Yep, exactly. And so it's easy for... It's easy for fans, and not just Auburn fans, just college football fans and college sports fans. Um, it's easy to look at the recruiting numbers and look at the quantity versus quality. And I know this is a conversation that Doug was having earlier on his show. Um, it's easy, it, again, it's easy for them to to look at, well, there's only 11 guys committed. Georgia's got 25. What's Auburn doing wrong? Why can't Auburn get guys to commit? Well, you were extremely behind when it comes to what Hugh Freeze and this staff had to do when they stepped in the door. And the ground that they have already made up in less than a year is unbelievable in, what, the eight, ten months he's been here? And you can't get hung up on how many guys have committed because I promise you in the next two weeks that number's going to change. We asked Christian yesterday, and his number was 16. He thinks you can get five big-name guys in the next 10 days or so. And when you look at look at the class today, go look at it right now, and then come back to me in two weeks when we have this same conversation, and it's going to look completely different. The rankings will look different, the numbers will look different, the stars will look different, and the entire outlook is going to be different for this Auburn football recruiting class. And no, you're not going to win them all, right? You can't in recruiting. You can talk to as many guys as you want, but at the end of the day, you're not going to win them all. And that may have scared off former staffs here, but Hugh Freeze and this company, they don't care. They don't care if they have a shot or not. They're going to make sure that they have a shot when commitment day comes, like a guy in Demarcus Riddick, who will be committing later this afternoon. They're in the door for these guys. And even if you don't win, that doesn't mean you lost because you made some noise, right? You were there in the final stages on a big-name guy, whether whoever it may be, and word gets out that these big names are visiting your school over and over yep. and over again, and they were legitimately considering you. They tell people that, and other big-time recruits see that. And like Christian always says, it's like, oh, what's going on over at Auburn? That gets out to other players in the state, in this region, and in the in the SEC. And so even if Auburn doesn't get the numbers that they're expecting and get the guys that they're wanting, you're at least making progress. And when you come into 2025, which will be your first full year of recruiting for Hugh Freeze and this staff, you're going to have confidence that Hugh Freeze and Auburn can jump on them early and often and pull what could be the best class Auburn's ever had coming up in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that just show that proof of concept, build that momentum, land some of the guys today and this weekend and the week following, and continue to build that momentum, you could see it and easily a top 10 class. And that has not been 
a very consistent thing for Auburn. And if Hugh Freeze did it in his first full class, when he's having to build the program back, to me that that, that says he's going to be in the top five consistently very quickly. Here's some stats that I think are going to blow our listeners' minds right now. Christian said this one yesterday. If DeMarcus Riddick flips to Auburn this afternoon, this would be the first Georgia flip that Auburn has successfully done since 2015 and Darius Slayton. DeMarcus Riddick would also, he is a five-star, he would be Auburn's first five-star commit since 2019 with Owen Papo. Yeah, Owen Papo and Bo Nix in that class, both the five stars. I mean, four years, Carter. We we talked about going head to head with Georgia to land recruits. We we did that with Joseph Phillips, and we said Derek Brown was that the last one. I guess Owen Papo was on that list too. Um, but the last time Auburn went head to head with Georgia and landed two guys, it's been forever. Yeah, it's been and forever. Then, and then. Much less, I mean, Alabama, when's the last time Auburn went head-to-head with Alabama to land a guy? It's been a long time. I, and, and, like, legitimately, Alabama put the full-court press and Auburn just won. It's been a long time. You got close with Tony Mitchell, and Hugh Freeze did everything. a miracle yeah. in, a, in three weeks mm-hmm. to make that a conversation. Uh, I just can't get over the stat and the fact that this would be Auburn's first five-star since 2019 no wonder Auburn can't compete in the SEC no wonder Auburn can't win you're not getting players that can play in this conference you're not getting guys that can compete with the Alabamas and the Georgias and the Ohio States and the Clemsons of the world you're not getting guys that can compete with the Kentuckys of the world if you're not getting five stars because heck they can even sign one or two in a class like you are Auburn they can yeah no, I, I, I agree. If you're Auburn, there is no excuse, no reason. I don't care who the head coach is. I don't care if you don't even have a head coach. You should be able to get five-star recruits in college football to come play at Auburn University. I don't care. That's unacceptable to go almost four years without having one. That's unbelievable and ridiculous to me. Yeah, yeah. You can't expect to compete if you don't have the best players. Yeah, I agree because – at the end of the Gus Malzahn era, the ability to go get elite players went away. It really it wasn't there anymore. Dropped and off it a was cliff. Never there with Brian Harson. What the highest rated player that Brian players that Brian Harson landed were Keontae Scott and Jeffrey Imba. Mm-hmm. There were junior college guys. They're high, highly rated four star guys. And Keontae Scott's a daggum stud. And Keontae I, Scott's a great player. And Jeffrey Imba could have been that. I. It's interesting to see how his career developed. Uh, where did he end up, by the way? Did he end up at Georgia Tech? Oh, I don't remember. I remember seeing it, but the fact that you asked me and put me on the spot, I don't remember. Jeffrey Emba is currently at Purdue. So Purdue. you did the Jeffrey Emba. You were, Lawrence, your colors were kind of close. <laughs> the Jeffrey Emba Lawrence Johnson trade. There you go. And, I mean, wish him all the luck. But, he, yeah, he's number one junior college player in the country uh, in the – what what class was that? That would have been the 2022 class. Uh, yeah, and, and that and – that, Auburn was great in the uh, JUCO ranks in that class because mm-hmm. you landed three of the top nine players in junior college. Just didn't get any high school guys. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. But I, 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 what we're seeing is Hugh Freeze's ability to leverage the transfer portal like we've never seen, and Hugh Freeze's ability to uh, leverage the high school recruiting like we've haven't seen at Auburn really either. And and again, if Demarcus Riddick were to flip to Auburn today, it would be a win over Georgia. It'd be a win over Alabama. It'd be a win over some of the biggest names in college football. I'm very curious. I'm, I'm scrolling down the 2022 recruiting class for the high school ranks, and mm-hmm. I just want to see how far I have to go before I see the first Auburn signee. Because we are getting down there, and it's not ideal. Yeah, it's going to be, it's gonna be pretty far smokes. down there. I'm in the 130s. Oh my goodness, 152 JD Rim. And that is a Zach Etheridge special right Yes, there. it is. You better believe it. That had nothing to do with Brian Arson. For reference, I'm going to go look at it now. How does this compare to Alabama, just in-state? How many, how many players do they have ahead of Auburn? Oh gosh. I better take your shoes off and start using your toes to count, probably. Oh my gosh. This is outrageous. 14, 15, 16, 17. This was 2022 high school 18, recruiting. 18 players. Alabama landed 18 players ranked ahead of Auburn's highest rated recruit in the 2022 high school class. Good Lord. That's insane. The thing is, that's the dumbest A&M, split A&M I've and, ever seen. A&M and Georgia are probably some right there with them. I guarantee A&M's it. probably worse. A&M is probably worse. That was when A&M set the record for yeah. best class of all time. Best they class got of all time. next year by Alabama. That's unbelievable, man. Well, I think you are going to see, and I think you're seeing it right now, a, a flip, a slow flip in that narrative. And if you get Demarcus Riddick, I think if you're Auburn, you should feel pretty good about him not being the only five star that commits in this class. Because again, his commitment today, folks, I, we can't. I just can't even put it into words. Almost the impact and the the weight that is on this kid's commitment. And, and I'm not putting it on him. It has nothing to do with what he wants to do. I want him to pick whatever he think is thinks is best. But man, he could really change the outlook of an entire program. And Carter, you said a statement yesterday that, that I wanted to to reiterate because I, I agree. You said that Auburn fans should be more excited, and this has nothing to do with the, against the season, but you said Auburn fans should be more excited and probably are more excited for the next two weeks in Auburn football recruiting than they will be for the first couple of games of the actual yeah, season. I, I will stand firm with that. Do you speak? Are you speaking for yourself on that and hoping others follow? Uh, yes. I, I mean, I, I think that this is the biggest week and a half for the future of Auburn football in a long time. And I think as long as you win – seven maybe eight games like i'm I'm setting that like seven as the floor mm-hmm. you went eight nine games this fall plus what i think is can it can happen in the next week and a half 
you're going to be in a phenomenal spot in 25 and beyond. Right, and I know we've talked about that Auburn hasn't played a game under Hugh Freeze yet, but you you cannot leave out the fact that it's very, very important for Hugh Freeze to win some football games in 2023 because you could build up all this momentum. Man, I still can't get over the 18 Alabama players ranked ahead of It's a ridiculous split. It really, really is. It's unbelievable. It should never be like that. Um, But you can't take away the stress of how important it is for Hugh Freeze to win games this fall because the thing you do not want to happen if you're Auburn and Hugh Freeze, build up all this momentum, get a bunch of big-time commits, and then fall flat on your face on the football field and go 5-7. and I mean, if you do that, I don't think it would be killer, but it would not be beneficial by any means. And that would be be a tough way to... (sighs) To, I don't even know. It'd be a really tough response and a follow-up to the things that Freeze has been preaching and been talking about and why he's able to get these kids to buy into Auburn. And so, yeah, I think if you go 7-5, and five, I think 7 wins, competitive I think seven losses. 7-5 and five is all you have to do for it to be considered a success. I agree. I think you're winning 8. I think you've got a chance to win 9. Yeah, and I agree. And I think those 5 losses, 4 losses, whatever – as long as you're competitive and the fans and the recruits and the university and the program can see that the vibes are changing and that the direction of the program is going up and not down like it was in the past, 7-5 and five is perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. And so that is very, very important, but you got to get them to commit first, and that's what we are hoping to hear in about 10 or 15 minutes from Demarcus Riddick. We'll come back, wrap up the show, and then uh, stay tuned because Dan Peck and Bill Cameron will have the drive here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. Wrapping up the Wednesday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. Carter Bird, I'm Jacob Goins with you for the next couple of minutes. Be sure you stay tuned for the drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck because they will be obviously live right here and will uh, tell you all about the DeMarcus Riddick commitment as soon as it happens. Uh, the streams are up. Uh, he has the hat set up on the table. and so Hat, hat science says, oh no. Hat yeah, science, hat science doesn't. Yeah, hat science doesn't uh, look good for, for Auburn. But. In case you're wondering, hat science is which hat looks the nicest. <laughs> <laughs> and and you're curious, right? Because what if he is he going to pull the backpack under the table, pull out a different hat That's type of what thing? I think is probably going to happen. It's a very or, very or uh, popular. Like, hey, move. I, I want to go. Uh, I don't care about having a fancy hat. I'm just putting on my generic Auburn hat and going to work. Yeah, looking at the table, uh, it's Georgia on the left, Auburn in the middle, Bama on the right. Uh, he's got uh, red and white balloons on one side of the table and orange and blue balloons on the other side of the table i so. am i am in the on three uh youtube stream that's where right i'm now. at yeah. I mean, somebody with the just masterful comment the bill on the auburn hat is already bent therefore it's he's going to auburn which <laughs> we got detectives in here right I now. i love it somebody's got a ruler out and they're like measuring to see Oh my goodness. That one actually has fingerprints on it, so you can tell that he's already touched that one and he's already kind of felt oh, it to make this sure. Is so funny. Oh my goodness. Well, again, I stay tuned. This. Stay tuned here on ESPN 1067 as Bill and Dan will break it down live as it happens and when it happens, whether he picks Bama, Georgia, or Auburn. And of course, we'll talk about it tomorrow on the show. It'll be the first thing we talk about. But uh, if you missed any of today's show, be sure to go 
and catch it with the podcast, ESPNAU.com. Uh, we talked to Jordan Hill of Dogs 247 about the Georgia Bulldogs as we get closer and closer uh, to football season. We also had a great conversation and uh, ranking and drafting our top five non-conference games we'd like to see Auburn football have in the next few years and schedule home and home. So that was a lot of fun. Had a lot of uh, listener participation. So that was fun. And then, of course, talking about Demarcus Riddick. Um, Carter, we can make predictions. Why not? Does Demarcus Riddick pick the Tigers in yes. the next five minutes? Yes. I'm, although I am having a fun time fake freaking out about the uh, the the nice level of the Alabama hat. Uh, I'm just messing with some friends about it. It's so much fun. I think he's going to pick Auburn. I do. I think I think he's going to pick Auburn, and I think this will be the start of a massive two weeks for Hugh Freeze, and it could be a turning point for the Auburn football program. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Bill and Dan will talk about it coming up in the next few minutes. But until tomorrow, come back 2 to 4 right here on ESPN 106.7. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.